All right, y'all ready to fight? Let's do it. So <laughs> we have me, Colby, David, Maverick, Aaron, and we are talking about the college football playoff. So college football playoff had a committee recommend that they move to a 12-team playoff. Uh, the earliest this could happen is 2023. I'm assuming this is because of TV deals. That's where the TV deal runs through. And it seems like this is, barring any sudden big reaction, which I'm not seeing, this is going to happen. And we have mixed feelings about it. We've actually discussed this topic several months back, and uh, but more or less giving our own ideas for how the playoffs should change. Uh, but now it seems like there's been an actual format that seems to be, it, 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 I think Brett McMurphy was like, it's is definitely going to get approved if it gets put on the docket. I've actually changed my mind since the last time that we talked about this. If you, if you would remember uh, the last time we were here, I was arguing on the behalf of the Coastals and the Cincinnati's of the world. <laughs> Um, to expand and then you finally playoff. realized you were being stupid. Yeah, I've, I realized I was being stupid. Uh, <laughs> we, we, in the simplest of terms, you can put it that way. So, uh, it's going to be a 12 team playoff. Do y'all remember the um, the specifics of how the selection is going to go? I do. It's going to be uh, the sixth highest ranked uh, conference champion, so essentially the power five and then an additional conference champion, and then six at-large bids. So the, I would say the, the big thing is, has always been one of the talking points, is that the UCFs, your Cincinnati's, your Coastals, your apps, even if um, in certain situations, don't or would never be able to get into a four-team playoff because of their weaker schedules and, and so on and so forth. Whereas with this new system, you're essentially guaranteeing at least one group of five team to be in a playoff situation. And I think that uh, that's honestly, I think it can make for some really intriguing matchups. Um, but I also think it's sort of thing where um, I don't think it would create necessarily some Cinderella situations uh, per se, but it at least gives them the opportunity to say that, Hey, we were in the playoff. So let's start here. Those are Mavericks thoughts on the expansion. Uh, also right there. Uh, if we all want to remember too, I was the one that made the suggestion that it should be the top, it should be the power five conference champions and then three at large bids for an eight team playoff. Um, so at least I, I feel like that just you means you were correct. That doesn't mean that your suggestion was good. <laughs> but no, what I'm saying is I, I think I do reserve or deserve a royalty check potentially because I feel like that was oh, that's at least fine. You're, you're going to get the same amount of royalties as these players are about to get for playing in these games. <laughs> you're about to get the same check. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, Aaron, how do you feel yes. about the new system? It's bad. <laughs> I think that the problem with the playoff the whole time hasn't been the number of teams. It's been the method of choosing them. And this doesn't fix that because the problem isn't that there are only four teams. It's that the committee chooses them. And there are different people on the committee every year. And there's a different criteria every year. No one ever had an issue with how the BCS ranked teams. It was 
that there is on, there were only two teams in the championship game. David, how do you feel? I feel like I I don't know. Because you were quiet in our whole, you were probably like busy being an adult while we were talking talking about football. Uh, But (laughs) um, I don't know. When you say that people didn't have an issue with how the BCS ranked stuff, I feel like I remember not necessarily you all, but like, um, but I just remember people complaining about like how the BCS shook out, like the point Uh, system that it had. Yeah, like their little point system. Um, well, that's because people never took the time to understand what it meant, I think. Well, I mean, whether that, you know, whether that's true or not, you know, I, I think that, you know, people still had their issues with it. Um, as far as like what I think it'll do, I mean, like, okay, so conceivably, like what other sport, what other sport confines their playoffs to four teams out of the major, you know, like, you know, baseball, you got your whole thing going, you know, basketball, like college basketball, you've got your, your 68 teams, you know, with four plans, you know, with, um, you know, NFL, you've got your wild cards, you've got your first round, your second round, your conference playoffs, your Super Bowl, um, you know, NBA, you've got multiple rounds. <coughs> I just don't know. I don't know why this would be a bad thing, you know, because obviously you're playing more games, obviously. And I know that there's a whole conversation about, you know, whether players are being like properly compensated, et cetera, et cetera. Completely, you know, divorced from that conversation. I feel like at its core, all this is going to do is add, put more eyes on the college football playoffs, in my opinion. So I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. And whether you like it or not, nobody complains about the Cinderella's or bad basketball you know, when, you know, Loyola makes it <laughs> to the final four. Uh, I like, was complaining. Did y'all watch that Loyola, <laughs> Loyola Michigan game? It was terrible. It was so bad. But, you know, there's something to be said about the college, the you know, the college sports Cinderella narrative. And, and you know, whether you like it or not, I mean, it's going to put more eyes uh, and, and the at least the bare minimum, the illusion of parody. Because you know that one of these times a, a UCF is going to beat – you know, maybe not an Alabama, like, and not like a 2020 Alabama, but like, you know, run up on a Michigan or run up on, um, you know, uh, you know, Auburn or Auburn Georgia. Or, yeah. Like one of these teams is going to run up on a, on a, on a bigger name team. And uh, I don't know. I think I'll be excited for it because I think with football, I think there was that whole argument, of like what, what sport is it harder to win? harder to win like a title in and it was like the nba versus nfl comp or uh, comparison and the the argument was that it was harder in football because you have to be locked in for 60 minutes and it can go either way like if there's a little bit more parity like one play two plays can change the outcome of a game and i think that that's gonna um kind of present itself in these situations where they're gonna set it up for the potential for you know a number one a number two, a number three seed team falling to a, a UCF, a Coastal Carolina, et cetera, et cetera. So, do you, do you know who doesn't have a sixteen team playoff or a, a uh, or a sixty eight or a thirty two team playoff? Who? The Premier League, La Liga, so Bundesliga. They and they are all they all find ways to name a champion every single year. And those champions are as legit. I think that 
the obsession with tournaments that American sports have in choosing champions is a little overblown. And so, I think I think along the way in tournaments, like yes, in the moment, or Roberts beating whoever they beat is fun. But when we get down to the Sweet 16, Elite 8, no one wants to watch those teams play. I don't. I'd rather watch somebody good. It's nowhere near that level where you have to have a level of excellence and a level of dominance to be in among the 12 teams. You're not going to be a scrub. But the difference between the number 12 team and the number 4 team, 99% of the time, is gigantic. Is it? I think yes. so. You think that Coastal could compete with Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, or Notre Dame this past year? I don't think that they could be in the same stadium as any of those four teams at you know, a minimum. Well, you know what, then? Then they're not going to be the national champion, but at least they're in well, the playoffs. Well, then playoff. what's the point? Well, then that's but, like saying, what's the well, point of having 65? Yeah, we should just get rid of anything outside of the Power playoff. Five. They shouldn't be teams because they're not going to get into the national playoffs. Why should that's they play? That's fine with me. Wait, hold on, wait, wait. What's the, <laughs> point? what's the point of having a tournament? Let's just take the number one and number two teams at the end of the college basketball season and let them play each other and call it a championship. There's much more parity in college basketball than there is in college football. Because it's always been number one, number two, or one, two, three, four. There has been no opportunity for parity to begin with. So there wasn't number one, number two until 20 years ago. I wonder. It was an issue that was artificially created. And now we're making artificial solutions to the issue that are just making it worse. To go, to go back to the computer rankings thing, which is how we got the national championship game. I'd well, say particularly Matt Brown that. didn't like that because he missed the national championship at least on two occasions because of how Texas was scored. He could have been to at least four national championships, uh, but based on, on the scoring, he was either the third or the fourth team. Do you think that the BCS would be better or differently received today because of how we feel about analytics and efficiency stats and all that stuff. Do you think that people would appreciate the BCS more if it was introduced today than if it was introduced when it was 20 years ago? Yes. And also I think that people over exaggerate the computer rankings part of it. Cause that's only 33% of it. 67% of the BCS are human polls. And also a lot of, at least I know Ohio, I won't say a lot of states, Ohio for the past like 20 years has determined high school football rankings by a computer ranking. How about, let's do this then. David, in your ideal world, how do you choose national champion of FBS football? In my ideal world. If you want more time to think. Yeah, let me think about that one. Mav, can you go back? Do you remember your original proposal? Yeah, I'll, and I'll, that's what I would stick with. Not 12, but an eight-team playoff, which I feel like is what a lot of people were saying for you. Take the, um, I mean, you can with this now in mind, you can either take the Power Five conference champions, which is what people say are the dominant champions because of their pedigree and whatnot, or you could take the top six conference champions and either two or three at-large bids. That way, and that's at-large, so that way um, your, your SEC West teams – don't, uh, don't have to have their season screwed because they lose their one game to Alabama and don't make the SEC's championship game. It also gives the chance, at least to the 
the one or two group of five teams that actually do have a legitimate shot of of causing noise in a postseason kind of a circumstance. Um, maybe I don't know if last year's thing with Coastal Carolina, but um, give me that twenty-seven the the undefeated UCF team in a matchup with Bama or or something like that. It would have been a fun game. You can't tell me that wouldn't have been a fun game. By the way, they beat the brakes off of Auburn in Georgia. By the way, speaking of like the the top six ranked, wouldn't it be hilarious if like the fifth and sixth slot was the American in the Fun Belt? And not the Pac-12. Wouldn't that be so funny if those were the auto pits? Yeah, that would be hilarious, actually. Or, or, or you could do it where you take the top five highest-ranked conference teams, so it doesn't automatically guarantee that it's Power Five. It's just most likely is. Um, but I'm sure there are some circumstances where a group of five has been ranked higher than a Pac-12 or a Pac-12 team. It might be worth. It definitely would have been the case this year. It might have been worth it just for the jokes. Yeah. Um, and like I said, <laughs> and, and you know what? If they if they lose, then we're back to the to, back to the hegemony as regu- regularly scheduled. And but, but giving your smaller teams like Coastal, from an economic standpoint, giving them potentially a first round game at at home, imagine the revenue that's going to drive for a smaller school. Well, revenue that's going to make those smaller programs want to get better. Do, do you all I don't know because I don't, I don't know if we'll agree to this point at all but like the the with the college basketball playoff or the college basketball like March Madness stuff the whole get the the whole thing is you know trying to figure out who those last two teams are and almost never does that ever shake out you know with the chalk you know the past few years you know, with the Clemson Bama stuff, like, I don't know about you all, but like, it's just been like, I didn't watch the national championship game last year. Like, I don't know. I just been, I, the, the constant Clemson Bama thing. Hegemony. Right. Like, so at least, like I said, at least the illusion of parody to at least say like, all right, we're going to give them a shot. Like, I don't see the harm in that. Did you watch that? How many of the past five years did you watch the national championship in basketball? I watched all the last ones because I, so I watched 2017. I did not watch 2018. I only watched 2019 because I had friends over for it and we gambled on it. (laughs) Uh, 2020 didn't happen. I wouldn't have watched it unless I was having friends over to gamble on it. And 2021, I didn't watch Uh, the NBA finals. I didn't really watch any of last year. I watched like, a game of it the year before, to be fair, I was overseas. Uh, and I would obviously watch it when the Cavs were in it. The World Series, like, I'll keep up with. The Super Bowl, I half watched. Like, I don't know. I don't think that you're, I don't think that the issue is unique to college football. So, what would be your recommendation for a tournament? Or do you, what would be a recommendation for determining a national champion in football? Four teams use the BCS to determine what four teams get in. Like I said, the number of teams was the issue, not the method of selecting. So here is my proposition, and this is what I did not mention on Twitter and everyone yelled at me. Um, But I do think that people would like this system. Get rid of the tournament. There is no more college football playoff. It disappears. 
we go back to the BCS system for ranking teams. When we get to the end of the year, after conference championships, everyone goes to the bowl game they're supposed to go to. Big Ten champion goes to the Rose Bowl, ACC championship uh, champion goes to um, the Orange Bowl, all the way down the line. That way you keep your traditional bowl games. I think that there is something too, like at the end of a very long season, let's say Wisconsin wins the Big Ten, uh, they win the championship, they get to go to LA for a weekend and play some football. And that's something that's that's something that matters to them because you know, up in Wisconsin, they don't see the sun for six months out of the year. It's nice for them to go down there. Same for um for them heading down for the orange bowl and i think that there are a lot of sentiments and tradition tied to those conference um those conference tie-ins so i want to be able to preserve those and make them matter and they're going to matter because you're going to pick two of the winners from the new year six and put them in the championship game that way you get players who want to play in their bowl game they can't risk sitting it out and saying i'm just going to lay off i'm a higher agent i'm going to go to the nfl draft because they still have a possibility of playing for a national championship i I think that's a way i think that's a way to get the players and the fans interested in the bowl games while still being able to pick a national championship which is not out of the air um like it was before the BCS. I, I touched briefly on this, like off air, but um, with that, when you say like when there's a direct path for which bowl game you could, does that rotate like it currently does, or is it going to be the exact same designation every year? Because whoever's playing the SEC championships got to be terribly upset with that format because they're probably going to catch Alabama every single year, and so they they're going to have to face that if they ever want to win the national championship. Yeah, but Alabama's not going to be Alabama forever. Nick Saban's seventy something years old; like, it's not going to last forever. And that and also, also, that's what it was for the seventy years before that, and it wasn't an issue. Like I said, I, these are artificial problems that we created. And also, with the Fiesta Bowl tie-in, or I think it's a Fiesta Bowl, at least one of the New Year's Six tie-in is always going to be someone not from a power, not from one of the autonomy but, five conferences but also i mean I, I at least see some battle thing but uh we did this math before too so you're saying we take the new year six teams and you take the winners the six winners uh, conceivably and you make a four uh, what either a two uh, just a single game playoff or um or a single game national championship or even like boil it down to either a four team or whatnot how many teams is that then that would be in that scenario it'll be 12 be 12 but I, I like just, that just tweet. I like that better than the playoff though, because I I want there to be interest in bowl games. And I also I really don't like the idea of these games being on campus. However hilarious it would be for Florida to go play um on a frozen Michigan field in the middle of January, that would be hilarious. Uh but I also think it's just generally a bad idea. <laughs> Outside, I think that there's a lot of humor to be had with this new system, but I don't think that it will actually make for something that's 
substantially more entertaining on the field. And yes, I do realize that this would mean that in 2015, Carolina would not be invited to the playoff under the system that I created, most likely. Also, I didn't create this idea. I got it from somewhere, and I do not remember where, and I wish I did. But Can, you, can someone remind me what the BCS – it's been a second. How did the BCS calculate there? It's 33% were uh, the average of six different computer polls. 33% for the coaches poll, which you can change that to the AP poll. I'm fine with that because the coaches poll is garbage. And 33% for the Harris poll, which was a different media poll. Got it. And the, the, the stats that they use for the like artificial polls. For the computer polls? Yeah. Uh, each one had different methodology, but after like 2003, they were not allowed to use margin of victory. Got it. Got it. I don't know. I, I think, you know, obviously, you know, I, in my opinion, rewarding. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Hold on one second. Sorry. She's playing Cuphead and she doesn't know how to use the dash button. Um, Ooh, cuphead. That's fun. Um, <laughs> she's right now. Uh, so uh, uh, there, there's there's got to be a way to reward your conference champions while also giving because at, at this point like what is the what is the purpose of those like g5 teams playing like what what is their reward at the end like a bowl game but like you said before you're going to create interest in some of these bowl games but it still doesn't fix the group of five issue because then they're going to feel like even if you get like a, a ucf like, I don't think they're going to feel like they have an actual legitimate shot at, you know, getting a shot at the playoffs, if that makes sense. So, I don't know. Like, I think the, you know, Aaron's talking about the the artificial solutions to a, an artificial problem. But, I mean, I do genuinely think that they're, you know, I've been disinterested with college football outside of UNC, you know, recently like I don't particularly like I know in this group of in this college football playoffs model that I'm going to get some kind of variation of Ohio State Clemson and Alabama I'm going to get some kind of in Oklahoma right yeah like I like I don't think I I think that right there isn't is the issue that they're trying to solve quote-unquote because you know there's got to be at least the illusion of parity in my opinion. Well, I think that the way you solve that problem isn't by letting more people compete for the one championship. I think you decrease the value of the national championship and you raise the value of the rest of the bowls. You know, that's what they're playing for. They're playing for the bowl game. That's how all college football used to do. You're playing for the bowl game at the end of the season. Think about there have been so many years where there was never a shot that Carolina was going to win a national championship. Never, ever. But you were hoping to get to a really cool bowl game at the end of the season. And I think that that's not nothing. That's something that teams can look forward to as a goal at the beginning of the season. Uh, I, I think that... 
Oh, that's tough. I don't know. I don't know if devalue, devaluing your own national championship game is the help that you want. I don't know. I don't, I don't, that might be the actual solution that's in, that's like hiding in plain sight, but I don't know if you're going to sell any, like any college football playoff executive or like college football executives on that premise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you know, who would be interested in that? The schools that make the money. Because they're going to be they're going to be winning the championship, so they don't care. They're going to be there anyway. <laughs> that's true. So, that's that's know. my proposal that I can see actually happening. What I think I'm going to write a blog post about is creating a Premier League with a, a promotion relegation system for college football that I think would be really fun, <laughs> um, but would never ever happen. So I will be interested to see how it shakes out, regardless. I mean, either way, I'm going to watch the games because I, that's who I am. I'm, if football is on, I was watching the freaking Spring League uh, where Ryan Mallett was a quarterback that I saw out there, um, which is how I knew it was time to change the channel. Um, if it's football on, I'm going to watch it. But I also think that there is an unhealthy obsession with championships. Unhealthy for the sport, I mean. Anyway, Aaron, you're the one that knows about Survivor. I was going to say, so. do you want me to take the lead? Yes, uh, please. <laughs> Sorry, I thought that was implied. Okay. <laughs> so, there's been a lot of info coming out over the past month or so about Survivor 41, which is the name of the season. They are no longer naming the seasons. They're just the number. So, like, this upcoming season is Survivor 41. It's not going to be Survivor... Brain versus Brawn versus Beauty versus Heroes versus Villains versus Healers versus Hustlers versus David versus Goliath versus Blue Collar versus White Collar versus No Collar versus Millennials versus Gen X uh, versus Blood versus Water. I was, gonna, I was waiting to see how many you were going to get in. <laughs> I think that's everything. I think that's all of them. Uh, it's not going to be any of that. It's just Survivor, which I think is a good thing. Hopefully that means they're not going to keep trying to throw convoluted themes into the season because Jeff Probst has this obsession with that the theme of the season needs to pay off in the finale, which has ruined many seasons of Survivor. Um, But that is a different conversation. Um, But so, yeah, the cast came out. It's a three-tribe season. 18 players, which probably means that we will have a swap down to two tribes at 16 or 14, um, which I think is good. Um, This is the first cast of the new uh, CBS diversity um, casting requirements. So 50% of the cast are uh, black, indigenous, or people of color. and this cast does look extremely diverse. Yeah, they also don't all look like models. Yes. I was th- like, when I first saw the photos of the cast, I was like, this does not look like a normal Survivor cast. Like, it looks like a lot of average people. Which is kind of what you want. I was actually talking to my friends about this the other week. I- I don't know how much British reality television you all watch, but it feels like everyone on the 
um, everyone on British reality television are like burgeoning models. And it's like, y'all are too pretty to be doing all of this stuff. And I feel like American is a little bit closer to reality, but I mean, Big Brother is what I'm most familiar with. And it feels like everyone in the most recent seasons has been like model, actor, server. And every day we're servers. That means that they're also models. Part of that problem was Robin Cass um, and Alison Grodner. Um, being attracted to their own contestants. And Robin Cass is no longer doing the casting for Big Brother. Um, Grodner is unfortunately still the executive producer. But the on the casting side of things, things are likely changing for Big Brother, which is definitely a good thing. Um, but with Survivor, the cast is young. There are, I think, five students... Um, and there are three 20-year-olds on the season, which this is also the first season where a contestant is younger than Survivor. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the oldest player, we have a 52-year-old and a 50-year-old. So it is a very, very young cast. There are, it looks like, Two people in their 50s, two people in their 40s, and then uh, three people in their 40s, and then about half in their 30s and half in their 20s. Um, looks, and yeah. It looks like a fun cast. I'm ready. Um, I'm not sure. Do, is there like an estimated release date for? Uh, I don't know if they've put out when it is, but it's one of the first three weeks of September is when the premiere is i've already got my um youtube tv dvr ready to record whenever (laughs) oh that's right i can do that right yes i forgot oh see i just have an antenna you gotta have your butt in in your seat yeah exactly lucky trivia is on thursday and not wednesday (laughs) so it doesn't conflict with my survivor night (laughs) but yeah i'm excited like i am not optimistic about production stopping being terrible but bad survivor is still better than no survivor i think that's true it's very rare that i watch a season of survivor and i think it was a waste of my time Exactly. Like the only seasons that I will never watch. The only season that I will never watch is probably Island of the Idols because of the Dan incident. Um, what season is that? 39. 39. Gotcha. That's the only season where someone has been removed from the game. Uh, and they handled it very poorly. And it is a very painful season to watch from what I've heard. The only other season like that that I would probably never want to watch is season five, Thailand. Because there is a similar incident. Um, yeah. But any other season of Survivor, put it on and I'll watch it. Without a question. Arvin Nets so I'm just excited for it to be back. Arvin Nets in trouble? Uh, if Kyrie is out longer than this one game, then yes. Because Kevin Durant is great. But that team is not built 
to just have Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I have it, been and also hard still out, is he not? He I've sure been, is. I'm watching this closely, so correct. Very unfortunate. I mean, Milwaukee's responding. They had to win, and they won. You know, DJ Tucker locked KD down. Yeah. He blocked the shot. He blocked KD's shot. He blocked a jumper from KD. I've never seen that happen ever. KD's seven foot. So, I mean. PJ Ducker, six five. <laughs> playing like his paycheck. I just want to be right that the Sixers are going to come out of the East. I'm still a little shaky on that. I don't know if the, if the Nets come out of the series. That's going to be an interesting one i still think that the sixers are probably going to win but i'm not sure how close to 100 percent joel and beat is that's true i think they'll end up beating the hawks but i don't know if they'll make it past either brooklyn or milwaukee i think it's still going to be brooklyn but that's contingent on harden and Kyrie. at least one of Kyrie and harden coming back because i think two is enough i don't think one is enough not them, the Suns, because the Suns look unstoppable at this point. The Suns look really good. Chris Paul looks really good. I am. I miss last year's bubble game times, though, big time. I can't watch games that tip off at 1045. I can't do it. Is that it? I think so. I'm tired, y'all. I'm, I'm beat. I got one week of of camp left and I'm done for the summer. I'm so excited. Where are you going to do when nice. you're done? I'm going to hibernate. 